Welcome home if you're a first-time guest. We're super excited that you're here. In fact, we have a gift for you. And how you get the gift is they're connect cards. They're for everybody. They're green. They're in the chair backs. You'll see them. And fill it out and turn it into guest services. We want to give you a gift just for being here, just to value you. And we also want to convey to you why we specifically as a church exist so you know. Like God has really uh, led us to be a church that leads people to a son Jesus and their God-given purpose. And every weekend we got people giving their lives to Christ. In fact, last weekend two more people made decisions for Jesus. I love that God is always moving and working, and this will never be a church where I hope that you just come and you're like, oh, this is what we do, and we come and we sit, and then it's done and we go, and no, God's gonna move. If you allow God to move in you today, he'll do something supernatural, I promise you. And we see it all the time. So we're in a series called Breakthrough Prayer, and during this series, many of you, many of you have the little booklets that we've given away, and if you don't have those, you can find more information on uh, meadows.church yeah, meadows breakthrough. And, but we're reading the book collectively just on your own every day. And then you listen to an audio and then you, uh, you know, you, we're also fasting. Many of us are fasting. I've even got my teenage kids fasting, don't I, Ava? I don't know where my other, I don't know where Jake is, but even when he sees him, he's 13 and he, yeah, he's quick. So anyway, they're fasting and they're giving up uh, some electronics. They're giving up sugar or no candy, not all sugar. We can't get completely carried away. Giving up candy and it's tense at the Gannon household. I mean, they've only threatened to kill each other twice this month or this week, which is pretty normal, actually. So I don't know if fasting is even impacting our family, but we are giving stuff up. And it's really, uh, it's, it's not easy. It's not supposed to be, but it's really doing something amazing in our family. And I hope it is in yours. Uh, even talking about my kids makes me think of our kids ministry. Jake is 13. And I really got, I really found Jesus when Jake, around his birth. Uh, so... And he's been checked into a kids' ministry for his whole life. Ava, since you were two, you were checked into a kids' ministry. And it's, it's incredible. And I'll tell you, especially if you're new, I like to tell us, our most important ministries are kids' ministry. And, and if you wonder why, it's because they're our future. They're our future leaders. Those are our future pastors. Those are our future lay people making an impact in the world. And our kids' ministry is so, so incredible. Like, we pour so much into it. And I just want to remind you, um, if, as you talk to people out there, man, if, if they have kids and they want them to get poured into, this is, this is the place. Birth through fifth grade is our kids. Do we have that picture of the one we posted? Um, it was one of our days of prayer. It, it, look at this. So this is what's going down in our kids' ministry. We got kids learning how to pray, kids going to God, kids uh, learning to put all of their hope and trust in, uh, not their earthly parents, because we're messed up, but their heavenly daddy... He isn't, and he loves them, and we're teaching them that in kids. And, uh, and then you have our youth, which is 6th through 12th grade. They meet on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, so I could go on and on and on. I'm just telling you, our kids' ministry is absolutely incredible. And it reminds me that we're doing a child dedication. Uh, when is it? Super Bowl. Uh, February 7th, I think it is. So child, it's our third one we've done as a church. And what child dedication is, is we, we dedicate Normally, it's newborns or babies or toddlers even, and we dedicate them to the Lord. And um, it's amazing. If, if you have a toddler or a, a, a baby and you want more information or maybe you want to get involved in the February 7th event, write child dedication on your Connect card. Uh, if you're online, by the way, give it up for everybody watching online right now. They're watching from all over the place. We love you. We care about you. Um, 
We thank you for joining us. Uh, we want to connect with you as well. But you can type child dedication in the comments. But it's so amazing. And people wonder, well, why don't you baptize the babies? And I won't get into the whole thing, but I'll just tell you that we're a church that we love the Word of God. And we look at it, and we study it, and we want to do what God says. And in the Word of God, we look at Jesus because he's the pinnacle. He is the center. He is the cornerstone. He is our hope, our strength, our refuge. I could go on and on. Jesus as a baby, didn't get baptized, but he got dedicated when he was eight days old. And we just want to follow that pattern. And then Jesus, when he was old enough, older, like 30 in his case, he got baptized. So for babies and toddlers, you know, kids that aren't old enough to make decisions, we dedicate them to the Lord. And uh, we teach the parents about what it means to point your kid to Jesus. Because parents, I don't know if you know it, but our number one responsibility is that. It's not to put them in a bunch of activities. It's not to, uh, you know, make sure they're the smartest kid or the fastest kid. I mean, at the end of the day, those things are okay, but they're not eternal. And our number one priority is to point our kids to the Lord. It's our number one priority. And that's what child dedication is all about. So again, February 7th, it happens after services uh, right here. And if you want more information, write child dedication on your Connect card or put it in the comments if you're watching online. For those of you that give, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got people that are giving online all the time. Thank you for giving. Wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening from, your um, investment in eternity, it matters. It makes a difference in our kids' ministry, in our youth ministry, in the ministry that happens here every weekend, and not just in here, but it happens out there. So thank you for giving. Whether it's the vases in the back or most people give online, they text to give or they'll go on the website to give. I don't care how you do it, but I'm telling you that I, I just thank you, thank you, thank you for um, investing in something that changes lives, not just this side of heaven, but on the other side. There's no greater, there's no greater impact. And whether it's a dollar or above, I don't care. You're making an impact. And I thank you for that. And I want to pray for you. Breakthrough prayer. I want to pray that God will move in this place in such a mighty way that you can't deny that something is happening in you, for you. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your truth. God, we give you glory. You are our king. You are mighty. You are glorious. You are a creator. You are everything. And yet, in all your goodness, in all your glory, in all your majesty, in all your power, you chose to create every one of us in your image. Father, let us just soak that in right now that you didn't have to do it, but you did it because you wanted to love us and you want us to love you. God, I pray boldly in the name of Jesus that you will make yourself so known, so personal, so evident that no one in this place, no one watching online can ever deny that you are real and that you are moving and that you want something for us and that you have life abundantly waiting and that you have purpose for us and that there are second chances waiting for the people that feel like you've given up on them and there's, there are... Um, Another, uh, there's other ways that, that you want to move and work in our lives, God, and we thank you for it. I lift everybody up to you wherever they're at. Those that maybe fought on the way to church this morning, God, bless them. Those that are watching online and multitasking and maybe having breakfast or doing dishes, God, would you bless them, God, for those that are just learning how to pray and learning how to go to you, and that's real, God, bless them. And for anybody that's hurting and struggling, for anybody that feels like giving up, for anybody feels like this is their, their last chance, God, let them know that that's the reason they're watching, listening, and here is because this isn't the end. This is the beginning and that your mercies are made new every day and that, that, that it's not over for them, but you have a new beginning for them. 
God, we thank you so much for your word. Move through us today. Reveal yourself to us today, God. Show us who you are and what you have for us. Church, we love praying a prayer that we're actually teaching right now in, in the series called the Lord's Prayer. If you know it, I want you to pray it nice and loud. If you don't know it, we put the words on the screen and up for you online so you can just pray along and, and read it along. But let's pray it. We love praying this together. Let's pray to the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Somebody say breakthrough. 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 If you're watching online, type breakthrough in the comments right now. We say it because we believe it. It's going to happen. And for some of you, it's already happening in this series. And for others, lean in because God has a word for you today. As we continue with breakthrough prayer, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you about my prayer life growing up. And I guess I'm thankful I had one, but it was pretty shallow at best. I literally remember praying to God at times. It would sound good outwardly. Like if you heard me pray, you'd be like, oh yeah, he's pretty godly. But if you knew the motive inwardly, you'd be like, that dude's got problems. Because I remember literally praying to God. Like there would be times I'd be going out with friends. It's like, Father, I I'm just going to ask that you would keep us safe tonight. Okay, AKA, God, keep us out of jail tonight is what I meant. Okay, God, I, I pray that you would guide and direct our path because that that sounds really biblical. God, what I'm saying is keep the cops on these streets and then me on these streets, okay? That's what I mean. Oh, God, will you help me build relationships tonight, God? Father, in the name of Jesus, a.k.a. God, would there be a lot of hot chicks at the bar tonight? You know what I'm saying? So that's a little uh, pre-Jesus, all pre-Jesus, but that's how I'd pray. And then there'd be the aftermath of the next morning and my prayers would continue because I'd feel like I had like a hatchet like stuck right here in the side of my head in the temple. Not, not here, here, but here, it really would hurt. And I'd be like, God, Father, in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, Jesus, this demon that is eating away at my brain, I pray that you would eradicate it in the name of Jesus. And God, if you do it, I'll never do it again. I'll never act like that again. I'll never party like that again. And guess what I was doing about five or six hours later? I was doing it again, right? I, what was wrong with me? Me and my friends gathered around a cooler, dumping in about 14 different drinks, and then putting in watermelon because we're all about being healthy. So, uh, you know, that is, what is that called? Jungle juice when you do that? Something like that? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. I know most of you probably do. Yeah, it's, and it's called jungle juice because when you drink it, you're literally a talking monkey, okay? That's, that's what it turns you into. That was, you know, that was much of my life before I knew Jesus, but things are different now. Say different. God has something different for you. Um, here's what I think about prayer for me now. Uh, before this series, I, I mean, I prayed all the time, obviously, as a pastor. But I think sometimes I would pray and go through the motions even still. Maybe you can relate in your prayer life as you just talk to God. But you really, it's just the same thing you say all the time. And, and prayer is almost lost to us. It's power. It's almost lost, like, um, it's meaning. And this is what maybe some of you have felt about prayer. Some of you, maybe you've never hardly prayed at all. And this series is prompting you to pray to God. So there's different things. But, but the one thing that, that hit me one time is I realized that I would pray in desperation sometimes. And I would say things like, you know what? All, all we can do is pray. And I thought about that statement. And that's so, like, unbiblical almost. It's like, all you can do is pray? It's like, like it's a last resort when really it should be our first response. 
Like prayer, if God is showing us in this series that prayer should be our first response because there is incredible power in it. So in the series, if you're new or maybe you're joining in the last week or two, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer because the Lord really had to pray it. It's because he taught us to pray it. And the Lord we're talking about is a man named Jesus, the Son of God. And one time the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus unpacked a prayer that we're unpacking in the series. It's a prayer found in its entirety in Matthew, what is it, 6? Let's look at Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And we've been praying it together, and we're going to pray it again now together. And it sounds a little different than what we prayed earlier because it's the New King James, and it says deaths instead of like transgressions or trespasses, but it's all the same, sin, you know. Um, So let's pray this together nice and loud. And then let's see what God has in store. You ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus. He begins the prayer, and what we've, what we've already pulled apart is Jesus really focuses on the Father. He focuses on the glory of God, the kingdom of God, the will of God, the goodness of God. It's so far as we've looked, the verses we've looked at, it's really been all about God. But today, say today. Today, it's all about you. Okay? I mean, that should excite you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about me. Tell them, it's about me. And, and this, is, this is when we can pull this baby out. I mean, you wish you had one of these. But this, this now, now when it's all about me and I can start praying for what I want. I mean, because, because what we're looking at today is we're looking at one verse. That really, it's the shortest verse in the entire prayer. But sometimes the shortest verse actually has the biggest impact. I mean, so the verse is 11. Give us, give us, God, all right, preach. Give us this day. Our daily bread. What do I want, God? What do I need? What are my desires? What are, what are my wants, if you will? And this, so this baby, it's legit too. You just need to know that. This is, this is the real thing. So, um, uh, so the prayer, as it starts, give us this day our daily bread. We can think about that and say, oh, by the way, I almost forgot. I did research on this. Do you know the number one thing people would wish for if they had a, a lamp and had one wish? And don't know whoever said that. Yeah, Jay. So you can't. That's you. Have you ever watched Aladdin, Jay? You can't wish for more wishes. That's illegal. So other than more wishes, what would you say? Money. You nailed it. It's the number one thing. So I thought, how about we just try it and see if it works? So let's. Would you actually? Yeah. Would you just rub that? Rub that lamp. Uh, if you're, I okay. Just rub this lamp, and, and then I want you to wish either in your head or out loud. Rub the lamp, and then just wish in your head or out loud for some cash, some green. I wish for some green. You wish for some green. All right. All right, Jeannie. Okay, open it up. Anything? What's in there? What, is it? what in the heck? Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I have been rubbing this lamp since Tuesday and haven't got squat. What? Okay, uh, give me that, because you shouldn't be believing in genies anyway, so let's shove that back in there. She thought, I just made 100 bucks. No, you didn't. Um, so... Pretend that didn't happen. So here's the deal. Give us this day our daily bread. So the thing about that is, do you really just want your daily bread? I mean, because honestly, if I have this and I can go to God with what I really think I need, 
and it's finally about me because, Pastor, you said it's about me today. I don't, we, we really don't want just daily bread. I mean, bread, Jesus, that's so boring. Like, that makes me think of my childhood with Wonder Bread. And I grew up, I, our family didn't have a lot. So we literally, I remember, we, and I won't tell you, oh, we were so poor that we just had to eat bread. No, we, I put, like, I made egg sandwiches. So I'd make an egg. Anybody ever make an egg sandwich? It's not that weird. I'd put mustard on it because I was a little weird. So, but that's how I made, I made an egg sandwich because we didn't have a lot growing up. And I remember telling that story to a buddy of mine. And he was like, because I was like, we're, we're kind of poor. And I, I'd eat egg sandwiches. And he's like, you know what? We'd eat ketchup sandwiches. And I'm like, okay, that's disgusting. I'd be like, yeah, oh, man, they'd soak in it, be gross and sloppy. And I said, dude, you must have really been poor. In fact, if we were poor, he must have been Poe, right? He couldn't afford the last two letters. Poe. So, but uh, he, you know what he said? He goes, we had money. He goes, I just like ketchup sandwiches. And I said, you're psychotic then. That's a whole nother problem, right? Holy, I, that is disgusting. So anyway, back to, we don't just want our daily bread, but if we're honest, we're going to rub the lamp and it's like, God, I don't just want the Wonder Bread, but I want, I want those Texas Roadhouse buns with the cinnamon butter. That's what I want, God, right? Or how about the Red Lobster Cheddar Biscuits? Oh, like I want to take a poll online this week. Watch for it. Which is better? Like, like who says Texas Roadhouse buns are better? Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Red Lobster Cheddar Biscuits? See, it's a battle going on right now. We got to do it online. Online, let us know what you think. Um, so, but that's really what we want, right? Jody, my wife, would skip right to dessert. She wouldn't want the Wonder Bread. She wants the bread pudding. That's her thing. So she'd wish for the bread pudding. We don't just want bread. It's like, it's like Jesus, that's such a boring necessity. It's like asking for water. We don't want water. Water's a necessity. But we ain't asking for water. We're asking for some coffee, right? Or not just coffee, but Starbucks, or as I call it, six bucks. So Starbucks, we want Starbucks. We want the Starbucks venti. We don't want coffee. We want the venti. We want the caramel latte with the whip and the caramel drizzle, but non-fat milk because we're all about being healthy. So we want that. By the way, I'm just going to say it. Venti. I mean, who does Starbucks think they are? I mean, you're making up your own vernacular. It just bothers me. Oh, I have the venti. I have the Ariana Grande. Oh, will you? I, it's so stupid. I refuse to even say that stupid stuff. Like, if I go to Starbucks, which is rare, if I go there, I'm like, give me a large coffee. They're like, oh, you mean the venti? I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll take the large coffee. I refuse. So I'm kind of belligerent. Pray for your pastor. But I'm telling you that we want, we want something more than the bread. We want something more than the water. And you know what? We, we don't want to just, like, we don't want, we, we don't want, stuttering, I'm getting kind of excited. We don't want it just for the day. We want it for the week. We want it for the month. Like, we want it for the year, God. I don't just want it for the day. I want it, I want it for a long time so I don't have to just keep going back to you and keep asking the same thing. It, it leads me to a story. A story of the Israelites. As I tell you that, there's, the Israelites they were God's chosen people. If, you're, if you've ever heard the story, uh, they're the Jewish nation that Moses uh, had just led out of slavery in Egypt. And the story is in Exodus. That's the second book of the Bible. So there's Genesis in the beginning and then Exodus. And, and Moses has taken all this like million plus people out of slavery. And they're heading towards a promised land uh, called Canaan or Israel. So they're going there, but they're in this in-between. And they're barely out of, of slavery and they're already complaining, the Israelites. It's so funny. They're like, we want to go back. They want to go back to slavery. We're so hungry. We miss the food. You know, there's nothing to eat. We have nothing to eat. Who does that sound like, by the way? 
uh, our kids, right? <laughs> There's nothing to eat. And it's like we just got done grocery shopping 10 minutes ago. There's nothing to eat. I just tell my kids here, rub this and see what you get, okay? You know, I, nothing to eat. Cupboards are full. So um, the Israelites, they were complaining. And they were balking because they were mad because they were already hungry. So they want to go back to slavery. So I'll give you a verse, just one verse out of Exodus that kind of sums up what happens. So, so they're really crying out, right? They're complaining, but they're crying out, almost like they're praying, right? So in Exodus 16, verse 2, listen to what this says. God is speaking. I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, Moses, in the evening you will have meat to eat. And in the morning, you'll have as much bread, all the bread, in fact, that you want. Then you'll know that I am the Lord, your God. But, but and that sounds really good, but, but right before that, you know what God said before he gave that? He said, it's only going to happen day by day. Like, it's only going to happen day by day. It's only going to be your daily needs. I'm not going to spread manna. That was what they called the bread, that bread substance. I'm not going to spread manna out for the week or for the month or for the year like you would like me to do. I'm not, there's not going to be meat all over the place like you would like. It's going to be day by day. You'll have what you need each day, every day. It is so interesting that he said that. You can think to yourself, why would God do that? Why was God so adamant that it just be day by day? It'd be easier for God, wouldn't it? Just It's done. I don't have to worry about it for a week or a month. Why would God do that? See, God was, was teaching them. God wanted the Israelites to trust him, right? That's what it was all about. God wanted the Israelites to literally depend on him, to know that, God, that, the, that the Lord was their provider, that the Lord was their sustainer, that he was their God, that he loved them, and that he wanted to take care of them. And God wants you to know that same thing today. He wants to take care of you in the moment for your needs. And it's so amazing that we catch this. But he does it day by day. Day by day. Say day by day. Day by day. Type day by day in the comments right now. It's all about trusting God day by day. But we would like God, again, to give us enough for more. Because then we don't have to keep going back. But isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that the goal? Isn't that what God loves? Why is it 21 days of breakthrough prayer? Why isn't it just three weeks of breakthrough prayer? I pray once a week. Well, because God likes you to go to him daily. Because remember, remember the whole theme, don't you? It's not about a result. It's about a, yeah, it's about a relationship. If it was just about the result, if it was just about the bread, if it was just about the meat, if it was just about your needs, oh, you'd miss the whole point. I mean, it's about a relationship. And if you want a true, lasting, uh, authentic, intimate relationship, you connect day by day. This is what God is showing them. It's what he's showing us. It's why we pray day by day. This breakthrough prayer, it's so key. But you know what I also love? And by the way, I think that's why Jesus used bread. I mean, he, it's bread's a necessity. Bread is something that we need day by day, this food. But I also love the fact, and, and, and if you missed it, I'm going to unpack it for you. I love the fact that God didn't just give the Israelites bread. He could have. The, that, that bread-like substance, that honey-like substance, that would have sustained them. They, that would have got them by. But he get, remember what it said? I'll give you meat in the evening and bread in the morning. Now, and the Bible does not say this, but we know, like if you're a follower of Jesus, you know that the meat that the Lord provided was even provided medium rare because the Lord loves them and that's how he wants it. So, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, again, it's not in the Bible, but it's in my Bible. So, uh, medium rare. So, why, why I love that statement is, is because the meat and the bread is because 
God wants to meet our needs. But I'm telling you, he also loves to exceed our needs. Okay, God wants to meet your needs today. God wants to meet your needs tomorrow. He wants to meet them day by day. But your Lord also loves, loves, loves to exceed your needs. And, I'll tell, and I haven't said this for a while, but I'm going to tell you something. Especially if you're new or you haven't come very, you know, maybe you've only come the last few weeks or whatever. And you, you're getting the heart of who we are as a church. I'll tell you something. When it comes to your needs, your basic needs. As long as you're a part of Meadows Church, your basic needs will always be met. So if you ever have thought about, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have enough to eat, or I'm not going to have, I mean, if you're part of Meadows Church, you and your family will, will always have enough to eat, always, guaranteed. Your children will always have clothing to wear, coats, hats, gloves, mittens. You and your family will always have a place to lay your head. Why? Because this is God's church, and God says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in Christ Jesus. So this should even... And, and let's be honest, most people don't have to worry about it. Most of you don't have to worry about your daily needs, probably. Most of us, we know that today our needs will be met. Our basic needs will be met. But I'm, I'm literally telling you, like, if that's ever in question, if you're ever wondering, like, how am I going to eat? Where are we going to sleep? You never have to worry anymore. I mean, you never have to worry anymore. That should just, ah, say, ah, felt good to do that. Philippians 4, 6 is probably absolutely my favorite scripture when it comes to prayer. When it comes to trusting. And you know what God showed me in it this week? He showed me that he talks about our needs. It's what we're talking about. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today the things that we need. Philippians 4, 6. I'll read it. It says, don't worry about anything. <laughs> Stop right there for a second. Think about that. If you're riddled with worry, even if you're worrying at all, you don't have to. It can stop today. Did you know that? Oh, there's no way. No, there's a way. There is a way. I'm telling you, I don't want to live like the world lives. There is a way you don't have to worry anymore. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Say pray. Type pray in the comments. Pray about everything. Now listen, tell God what you need. There it is. And thank him for all that he's done. Oh, what a power pack, Philippians 4, 6. But let's go to 7. Let's get crazy. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand, his peace that guards our hearts and our minds. As you live in Christ Jesus, think about that peace that we just read about. The peace that just passes all understanding. A peace that most people do not live with. A, a, a peace that most people never even experience at all. And, and the word of God says you can experience it. So today, if you're riddled with anxiety or fear, if the peace that we just read about in God's word is just so, you're like, no way. Go back and read how you get it. He gives a formula. God gives a promise. Are, are you praying to God? First of all, are you worrying? Because if you keep worrying, you're not going to see the peace. Are you praying to God? Are you telling him your needs? If you're not, you're not going to see the peace. Are, 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 are you, what was the other one? So worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Not just some things, but all things that God puts on your heart. Tell him what you need. And are you thanking him for all that he's done? Thanking him that you are alive, thanking him that you have breath, thanking him that, that you, you are here today, that he's speaking to you today, thanking God. If you do those things, God will do his. God, he wants us to come to him with our needs, but, he, but even your desires. It's okay, so I just got to pray for, you know, bare necessities for a bed. And No, he wants you to pray what's on your heart, okay? It says, give us today our daily bread, 
But that doesn't mean that bread is all you have to ever say. God is an extravagant God. Tell, he want, the biggest thing about prayer is that you're real with God. That is the biggest thing. It's, it doesn't have to be a canned message. It doesn't have to even be you saying a certain prayer. We're learning how to pray through the template of the Lord's Prayer. But God literally just wants you to go to him. Here are my desires. Here are my needs. Here are my wants. God, in the name of Jesus, a 2021 Dodge Challenger. I haven't talked about it in a while. Dodge Challenger. Hellcat. And somebody said to me last week, he said, the Hellcat, you got to ask for the demon. The demon is the car they only made like 300 of. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be asking God for demons. I just don't know. It's, you know, it's weird. So I, if it's your will, God, make it happen. So anyway, so, but think about that. And let's get real for a second. Prayer can be frustrating, right? Ask God what I need. Ask God what I want. I have. Ask God my desires. I have. Okay, and I'm still single. I have, and they're still sick. I have, and I still don't have the job that I want. I haven't got the promotion. I'm not where I want to be. I'm still in this mess. I'm still in debt. I still live here, whatever. So I have, and God's not showing up. It is the number one frustration with prayer. God doesn't answer them. He is, I'm with you. I've gotten that way, and some days I'm still that way. We've literally been praying for my brother's eye for, for years. Like, it's probably been over 10 years since his retina was detached. They couldn't attach it. So what happens then, and he's not that old, what happens then is you eventually, it just you, you slowly go blind in that eye. So we and my family, every night, I just talked to Ava about it, and I said, gosh, I haven't even prayed for it for a little bit. And Ava's like, Dad, I do every night. Every night I pray for his eye. And you know what we've really seen God do? Nothing. Like, he's more blind than he was when we started to pray. His eye is starting to cloud up, you know? And I'm like, I remember laying in bed one night, and maybe this is when I, when I stopped praying about it for a little bit, is I, I was like just frustrated with God. It's okay to get frustrated with God. Don't stay that way. That's not good. Talk through it. That's what prayer is, talking to God, relationship. So I'm like, God, I don't get it. We literally, you know, talking about this, I brought this up once before in a message, and I'm like, how cool would it be to get up and say, oh my gosh, his eyes healed. Look at the power of Jesus. Look what Jesus can do. But it seems to be going the other direction. And it's like in the moment, you know what God did? He's like telling me, whose problem is it? And I was like, the way I was acting, it was all my problem. It was like I was all frustrated, like it's on me. And I know that my prayer is powerful. I know that he listens. God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. We know that. But it's like, he's, he's like, whose problem is it? And I'm like, it's yours. He said, that's right. And it brought, and, and actually this little conversation with God months ago brought me to the main point for today. Problems can either be yours or God's, but they cannot be both, okay? Problems can either be yours or God's. They cannot be both. You can worry or you can give it to God. You just can't do both. You, you can't do both. It, it hit me so hard when, when I had this conversation with him because does that mean I don't pray about it? No, he loves when you pray about it. Pray about it and then trust him with it. I was praying about it, and then I was getting ticked off because I wasn't seeing what I wanted to happen. That's not trusting God. That's taking the problem back on you. Why does the Bible say, cast your cares and worries to God? If you cast something, well, well you cast it. Like, but what we like to do is we cast it, and then we reel it back, and then we carry it around with us. I'm going to cast it to God, but oh, didn't, didn't work, so I'm just going to carry this around and get all mad about it. Cast your cares and worries to God, for he cares for you. So, I mean, so God's showing me we won't give up praying. We'll pray boldly, specifically, we'll go to God. 
I get frustrated at times like you, but then I'm reminded God's doing things behind the scenes all the time. So we keep lifting my brother up in prayer. And honestly, you should lift him up too. He's got six daughters. I'm just being honest with you. Six daughters, okay? Four of them teenagers, I think, right now. So seriously, can we pray? I'm <laughs> just kidding. But you should. Um, so six daughters. Mm. Praise God. How do, how do I pray for my needs? I wrote this question down. So pastor, how do I pray for my needs? There's a prayer that I, wanna, I, I, that I found. And, and this prayer is really, this prayer centers probably more on temporal things, physical things, material things. And, and it's okay to pray for those things. Okay? It's like we feel like if we're, Catholic, or if we're Christian, we can't pray for, you know, uh, God to bless us in material ways. You can you can. Don't let that be the focus of your prayer. The focus and, and, the, and the, 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 the center, the pillar of your prayer should always be spiritual. It should always be eternal. You, you never get so wrapped up in the material that you forget that this world is not your home. Say it's not my home. This isn't your home. This isn't your home. But that doesn't mean as you pray to God daily that you can't pray for some material things doing it the right way. So, so look at this prayer. Timothy Keller is a pastor, uh, he's a theologian, and I found this prayer, and it just, it just hit me because he gets real with it. I, I don't know if it's on the screen, I can't remember if I sent it in, but here it is if it's not. Father, this is the prayer, Father, meet my material needs, and give me material wealth. Yes! Oh my gosh, pastor, preach, 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 I love it. Come on, Father, where's the lamp? Get it up, give me that. Come on, baby. But, say but. Say this is a big but. Okay, yeah, okay, type that in comments, one T, okay? This is a big but, huge. Father, give me material wealth. And I think we get all tense asking for that. I ask for it. I ask for it, I don't, not because I want to selfishly use it. I don't. I, I, there's so many things that I have listed that I want to do. But, but anyway, so give me material wealth, but only as much as I can handle without harming my ability to put you first in my life. I love that. I love that. I want God to bless me in so many different ways. I want, God, I want people desperately to know the, the, the generosity of God and the love of God. And, and the only way they're going to know it is through us as, as followers of Jesus. It's the only way. I, I mean, that's how they're going to know. So, because ultimately, let's finish it out. Because ultimately, I don't need status or comfort. I need you. And my question today for us, online, in the room, does God have you? Don't answer too quickly. Don't be quick to say, oh, yeah, yeah, God's got me. There's days God does not have me. I try to make sure there's just days or moments and not, that it's not a steady stream. Does God have, I'm asking, does God have you? Does God have you? Are you focused on him or what he will do for you? Are you focused on what he'll provide or the provider? Because when what he provides becomes more important than who you're asking, all of a sudden, he's not most important in your life. He's not. I said it one time, when the, when the gift becomes more important than the gift giver, God is no longer first in your life if he ever was. Does God have you? Does God have you? There was a time in Jesus' ministry when you would think it was, it was towards the end of his ministry. And followers, followers of Jesus, people that would say, God's got me, Jesus has got me, it was insane. 
They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have him, okay? He didn't have them. It was nuts because Jesus was on this miracle tour. He had just, you know the story, he had just fed thousands with five loaves and two fish. And then, and then he just got done like moonwalking all over water, okay? He's doing all these amazing things. And listen to what happens next. This is found in John 6, verses 30 through 35. Show us, oh my God, that's funny. I, I've just shown you everything, but no, no, no. Show us a miraculous sign, Jesus, if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? And he's like, did you just, I mean, I just, but whatever. After all, our ancestors, and here we go, back to Exodus. Our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says Moses gave them that bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus is like, uh, 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 uh. I'll tell you the truth. Moses didn't give them anything. Moses didn't give them the bread from heaven. My father did it. God did it. Anything good comes from God. God did it. And now he offers you the same, the true bread from heaven. It's so interesting. Sometimes people will say, oh my gosh, or we'll even say for our unbelieving friends or family, if Jesus was just here, if Jesus was just in the flesh, if they could just see Jesus, turn it to wine, walk on the water, multiply the loaves, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't. It's insane. It's insane to say that, but it's true. People haven't changed a whole lot in 2,000 years. They saw it. And they're like, what can you do? It's like they're in a trance. What can you do? How can we believe? And Jesus is like, he even says it in the scripture. If you keep reading, he says it. I, you want me to do more miracles? I've done them. You don't believe. That's not going to change your mind. But Jesus, he, of course, he never gives up on them. If you walked in here thinking Jesus gave up on you, if you're watching online thinking God gave up on you, lean in. Oh, he loves you. He, Jesus doesn't even get mad at them. He doesn't rebuke them. You'd think he would, but he doesn't. He says the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven. Say bread. And gives life to the world. Give us today our daily bread. Listen to what they say. Sir, give us that bread every day. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Notice what they said. I've never caught this before. Notice they said every day. In other words, they're praying like I like to pray sometimes, like we talked about. Give that to us every day. Every day, God, just add it up. Jesus says, no. This day. Give it, I'll give you something this day. Give us, they, they said, give us that. Whatever you're talking about, Jesus, we'll take it every day. And Jesus gives one of the most, I guess, quoted popular scriptures. I love it, I love it, I love it. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. It's no longer about your temporal needs or the wonder bread or the stuff you put that egg between. I'm talking about, I am the bread of life. Christ Jesus is speaking. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never thirst again. Let me declare it for anybody that maybe missed it. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Jesus Christ, he knows all your needs and only Jesus Christ can meet them. Just him. Give him some praise. God, we thank you that you're the bread. Way bigger way better than anything that we could have temporally. God, God's timing is so good. I'm reading a book with leaders called Win the Day. So I read the first section of it. 
And of course, it perfectly lines up with the scripture that I'm giving you today and the message. And, and the author of the book, he showed me something that I don't know if I caught before about one day. Say one day. The message is called this day. This day. This day. This is all you got, by the way. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Jesus would say, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop beating yourself up over yesterday. Stop it. You can't change it. You can learn from it. You can't change it. Today is all you got. And he showed me the theme of this day throughout scripture this author did. I wrote down a few of the things he said. By the way, one of them you just, we just read about. What was the expiration date on the manna? One day. After one day, it would rot right off the ground. One day. How about the deadline that the Lord gives us about being angry? When should we stop? At sundown, one day. How often are God's mercies made new each day? Every morning, the word says. Jesus said, pick up your cross. How much? Daily, every day. What is the day that the Lord has made? This day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Everything can change in a day. Everything. I love that. I'll never forget when my everything changed in a day. I'm sitting where you're sitting, and I won't get into, some of you have heard the story, but I mean literally, I stood up as I heard the word of God, and I'm like, I'll give my life to this. Everything changed in a day. It didn't get easier in a day. My problems weren't solved in a day. My debt wasn't forgiven in a day, monetarily. It was spiritually. It's awesome. It was great. Everything changed in a day. I will never forget it. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I know that I was different. I wrote this down. I need you to hear this. Because I want to give you the gospel message like I do every weekend. I'm so burdened, it seemed like right now, what's happening in our world. Not worried. Not worried at all. But I'm burdened because I believe that the Lord is purposely, I know, I know he's allowing it because it's happening. And if it's happening, he's allowing it. And I believe in my heart that God is allowing it because he's desperately trying to, trying to shake up his church, Christians, non-Christians, everybody. This is what he's trying to do. I, so the gospel, if you, if you don't know it, the gospel means it is Jesus. God sent Jesus. You're, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I don't spend a lot of time there because most people get it. Most people know they're jacked up, okay? We're messed up. Only thing that God can be around, uh, like, tangibly, together, is perfection. That's it. Nothing else. And sin makes us not perfect. Okay? So, there has to be some sort of a, a perfect sacrifice to bridge the gap between us and God. And that's the only way that you, can, you and I can even pray to, pray to Him. That's why they had priests back in the Old, Old Testament, because they had to go through a priest to get to God for forgiveness. All that. But Jesus fulfilled it all. So Jesus came. God sent Him perfect son, lived 33 years, lived a perfect life. It doesn't mean it was easy. He was tempted. He was lonely. Um, um, he, he, uh, he was burdened. He got tired. He got weary. He got frustrated. He got angry. All the, he was you and me. Only he was perfect. And he was perfect. What they did is they killed him. Religious people killed him. Hung him on a cross. Some of you, you know the story. It had to happen. There had to be a perfect sacrifice so that we could ultimately have a chance at getting to God because there's no chance the way we are. None. None. 
You can't earn it, by the way. It doesn't matter how good you are. Stop believing that. If someone says, what's the way to heaven? Never say, well, good people go to heaven. No, they don't. Saved people go to heaven. People covered by the grace of God go to heaven. It, it, stop, stop believing that lie. That's what people say. Good people go to heaven. Bad people go to hell. Wrong. All people go to hell unless they've given their life to Jesus Christ. That's a fact. That's why, that's why the gospel is so beautiful. So Jesus hangs on a cross. You know, you know the story. Hung there, died six hours, finally dead. Put him in a tomb. Everybody says, all right, Jesus is dead. He's going to do what all dead people do. Stay dead. Only Jesus was different than all people. He was the son of God. And he came not just to stay dead. He came to come back to life. And on the third day, say three. On the third day, that's exactly what happened. On the third day, they go to the tomb. And Jesus Christ isn't even laying there. He's not even there. And they're like, oh my gosh. And they meet a woman. And this woman says, you know what? She comes back and says, Jesus isn't there. I saw him. I talked to him. And he's risen from the dead. And because he's risen from the dead, by the way, this is what separates Christianity from the other thousands of religions that you know of, that we believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that the resurrection happened. Okay, it happened. I'm telling you. And science backs, I'm science-minded, I'm kind of, you know, book, whatever. Science backs it up. Do the research. Do it, please, I beg you. But it's real. And the Bible says when you call on the name of Jesus, you're saved. When you ask him to come into you and make you new, you're saved. See, that day I didn't pray a salvation prayer. I didn't, I, I didn't know what I did. I stood up and said, I'll give my life to this. You know what I said there? I'm calling on the name of Jesus Christ. You know what I said there? I want you to forgive me and make me new. Do you know what I said there? I didn't say it, but I said it. You know what I said? I want your Holy Spirit, literally a spirit to enter into me, enter inside of me and make me different, make me new. That's what I said. The words I said was, I'll give my life to this. But what I said was all that. And you can say it too right now and change everything. And I thought about that and I thought to myself, I think there are many people that would say, oh, here we go again. This is the part where the pastor shares Jesus on a cross, Jesus dead in a tomb, and oh, three days later, he burst forth. The I know the gospel story. You might know it, but have, do you own it? If there's a difference between knowing it and owning it. There are people that know the gospel story that will be in hell. A lot of people that know the gospel story that will be in hell. They haven't owned it. They haven't, they haven't made it personal. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. It's, it's huge. I kept saying it. This, I wrote it on my hand. This is my notepad during the week. I write, I don't know why, but I write there. And I put, I put no own, no own, no own. All week I had it there. They know the story, but are they owning it? Monty, you know the story, but do you own it? Do you look different in the world? Do you love differently? Do you, do you act differently? Do you, do you react differently? Oh, there's a big one. In a world that is all chaotic and psychotic and crazy, do we, if you, if you own the gospel, if you say God has you, do you act differently? Do you respond differently? Do you love differently? Do you invite differently? I'm going to say it. Most people don't. There are days you could look at a snapshot of my life and think, that guy don't know Jesus. Just don't look at a snapshot. Look at a longer shot and you'll see that I do. I just want us to know. Someone, I, some people, when I see people out in public, sometimes they get weird uh, because I'm a pastor. And I had an intera interaction with somebody and they're like, uh, how'd they say it? Oh, you know, if I don't see people for a while at church, they'll be like, oh, pastor, I know we haven't been to church, but you know, got this and that. And I'm like, I didn't ask, you know, it's cool. It isn't to me, but it is. But you know, whatever, that's a whole other thing. And, he, and he's like, our kids have had so much going on. 
the, how do you put it? I wrote it down. The, oh, they've been lots of activities going on with the kids. You know what my first thought was? Why in the heck is one of those activities church? See, I'm not afraid to say it. We'll shove our kids in everything. Everything. But not church. I don't, okay. Turn them over to the Romans for 12 years or whatever with nothing about Jesus. And then you want them back and you wonder why they act like they're Romans. Why do I talk about our kids ministry all the time? They're leading kids to Jesus, but it can't be just up to the kids ministry. That's one snapshot in the week, but it's huge. We're busy. I know we can be busy doing a lot of things. I just don't get it anymore. I'm done saying, oh no, I get it. I know everybody's busy. I don't, what are we saying? Oh, it's okay. It's not anymore, not to me. And I'm not being legalistic. Well, if you're not in church, no, I get you got stuff going on, but my God, make this a priority. I don't understand anymore. I didn't understand this comment. I'm like, I don't get it anymore. A few years ago, I would have been like, oh, I'll make you feel good because I don't want you mad at me. Sure, I get it. My kids are in stuff too. My kids are in stuff. They're in all kinds of activities. Somehow we find a way to get to youth on Wednesdays. Somehow we find a way to get to church and serve and attend on Sundays. We just find a way to do it because it matters to us. Jesus says, stop looking like the world. He says, you're acting like the world. You're behaving like the world. Stop. He says in, in Matthew 6, these things that you, 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 they dominate unbelievers, but they shouldn't dominate you. Your heavenly father knows all your needs. And here it comes again. Seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Most don't seek the kingdom first. I'm not all righteous up here either. Trust me, there's days I don't either. I never want you to, if, I, if you feel like I'm talking down to you, trust me. I'm the biggest sinner in the room. Still, I believe. I am. I need the grace of God every day in my life. I thank God the day I stood up and said, God, I, I give my life to this because I, I'm covered by the grace of God. He's changing me. It's slower than I want. It's slower than my family wants, but he's changing me. I just want people to get about the Father's business. I think God's allowing this crap to go on because we are getting close to the end. And even if the end doesn't happen, your end's going to happen sooner than you think. I just want him first. God, we, the, the world dominates us more than we admit. And Jesus says, seek, seek first the kingdom of God. Just ask yourself, are you seeking God first? And I will meet your needs, he says. He doesn't say, I'm going to meet all your greeds. I'll meet all your needs. See, when, when, when a child of God is in the will of God, living for the glory of God, I'm telling you, God will show up. God will show up. And your world will never be the same. Never. Never. Shout never. Never. Let's close it out. God, Pastor, you like to go long. I don't mean to go long, but... God, it also frustrates me. Well, it's an hour. Church is an hour. I know. Seek first the kingdom of God. I just, I don't want to vent too much because I'm not mad. I, I'm urgent. Okay? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. It's urgency in my heart. I'm, I'm, lost people matter so much. And my biggest heart is for people that think they're saved. And I'm a church person, so I'm good. I, church people don't go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. My brother's eye. I thought about it. Who cares if he goes blind at the end of the day? 
I wonder if that's what God's saying to me. Who cares? Frick, you, you pray more about his eye than you pray about lost people. Screw the eye. The Bible says it. Matthew 5. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. If it causes you to sin, gouge the thing out. Because sin will drive you to hell. But you still go to heaven with one eye. Praise Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? So I'll pray for it because I care. But I think God's telling me, stop getting so hung up on it. Is he saved? You act like this is your home. It's not your home. He's talking to me. You want, you want heaven to be your home? Online, type I choose Jesus in the comments. The words won't save you, by the way. It's the heart relationship that saves you. The words just tell us that you want to make that decision. In the room, make the decision. Writing it on a piece of paper doesn't save you. But going to God authentically saves you. Writing it tells me and us so we can celebrate with you. Let's write one more thing down and we're done. I, there's no cards on your chairs. Gosh, I feel like I've gotten mad. I, I hope you don't think I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm just so, I'm just so, I'm so, it's so urgent to me. And it hit me. You know what I did? Part of it is that book said, go to deathclock.com. I shouldn't have done that. Because you put in your birthday and you put in, and it, it spits back your death date. Like if, you know, and it spit back this date. And I was like, crap, I'm about dead. I freaked out. I was like, Ava, I told Jake, and Jake's like, yeah, stop saying it. You're making me sad. I'm like, okay, I will stop. I don't want to get all morbid. But it freaked me out. My time is very limited. I know that. And you know the older you get, the quicker it goes. It's limited. And that's best case scenario. Worst case is I get taken out today. But you know what? That's not worst case. That's best case. I don't want that for my family. But I get to be home with the Lord. Stop acting like this is our home. God, don't... 95 years old will pray, COVID don't kill them. They might want to die. They might want to meet Jesus. That's it. That's paradise up there. Here's what I want to do. Okay, get to it. Ask God for what you need today. I want you to write it down on the piece of paper. Concerns weighing in your mind, I wrote. Desires in your heart, get real. Don't be all pious and religious. Ask him what you need. Ask him your desires. Write it on the card during the final worship song. I just want you to come up. I love doing this because you're giving it to God. Get real with him. Let's stop playing church. I want you to get real with God. Remember, the problems that you carried in this place, they can be yours or God's. They can't be both. Put them on the paper. Cast them to God. Give them to him. We'll pray over them. We'll, we'll pray over all your needs, all your desires. I'm going to keep praying for the eye, but I'm going to remember that the eye isn't the biggest thing I need to pray for. It's the heart. It's the soul. As you take, take a moment here. I loved how Carissa had you um, open your hands like that. Let's do this. Just do this. Put your hand like this. One or both. I'm going to pray for you. Just leave your hand like that. And I'm going to pray this as you're writing stuff down and you can write after we're done praying like this. Father, we acknowledge that everything we need comes from you. You made the heavens, you made the earth. You're more than capable of handling any situation that we're dealing with. We give it to you completely, God. We write it down on a note card. It's yours, not ours. Problems can't be both, God. It's yours. Take it. 
We look to you for help. Sustain us. Give us your peace. Remind us of the hope that's found in you, the power that you have. Thank you in advance for taking care of all of our needs. Father God, we love you. We give you glory. We love your word. We love your truth. I pray, I pray God, that anything that I said that maybe, I don't know, I just, I think, I, I think you are desperately trying to show us something. God, I pray that we will invite people with urgency that need to hear about your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that we will react differently online, face-to-face, than a lot of people act. We should look different. We should love different. We should react different. God, I pray that we'll, we'll pray for our lost friends and family. Not just pray, but reach out and love them. We're the only Jesus they'll ever see. And if we don't do it, well, I don't want to carry that. And I don't think anybody does either. Father, we love you so much. You're so good to us. Why do we always say the best is yet to come, God? Because it is. Because the truth is, even if the death clock happens and I get taken out today, my best is yet to come because this was never my home in the first place. And the best beyond this is way better than even saying best. It is unimaginable. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for everyone here, God. Bless us and may we do whatever you tell us to do in the name of Jesus, I pray and we all say, amen. Thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.